giant robot smashing into other giant robots. This is the Giant Robot Smashing into Other Giant Robots podcast, where we explore the design, development, and business of great products. I'm your host, Chad Pytel, and with me today is James Oliver Jr., founder and CEO of the Parentpreneur Foundation, which empowers black parentpreneurs so they can leave a legacy for their beautiful black children. James, thanks for joining me. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. So um, I just, you know, said in a nutshell, the sort of tagline for Parentpreneur Foundation. I know it's a community that brings people together, Black parentpreneurs together. How did you get started and, and see the need for this? And, and how did you actually then make it happen? Oh, boy, that's a great question with a, a semi-long answer. So just hang in with me. But I think it's a really compelling story. So back in 2013, you know, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. At, uh, at the time, I was living in Northeast Wisconsin. I mean, it started in 2011. I was trying to build a startup called We Montage, which was the world's only website that let you turn your digital images into removable photo wallpaper. If you haven't seen it, by the way, you should look at it. That description that you get, even though it describes it perfectly, I didn't realize until I went to the website and looked at the pictures exactly what it is and how sort of remarkable of a product it is. Well, I'm delighted to say that. Thank you so much. I and mean, that's part of the reason why it failed. I mean, it's still, it's, still, <laughs> it's still around. And, you know, I know you have a bunch of designers in the community. So, look, the website, it still works. The underlying collage editing software is still brilliant, but the UI and UX needs a lot of love. It's a bit of a zombie. <laughs> about $10,000, $15,000 of technical debt floating around over there. Um, but the product still works and we still print ship them sometimes. And people, we have tons of repeat customers. It's just, it's just one of those things, you know, you build a great product, they don't always come, but the product is still brilliant uh, still today. But so back then, you know, I was non-technical founder. I was out of money. I cleaned out my savings and living in the middle of nowhere wasn't exactly a bastion of technology startups or diversity even for that matter. And, you know, I was fortunate to get into generators. I think we were their second cohort. I and mean, back then they were super early. We went through Madison. You know, right now generators killing it. But, you know, I was out of money. I was thankful to get into their Madison cohort, which was a two-hour drive away. My ex-wife now was pregnant with our twins. Uh, the kids were supposed to be born end of March. Uh, generator ended early April. So I was like, okay, this timing works out brilliantly. But a day or two before the program started, I had to deliver. We had to deliver the twins prematurely. Otherwise, my son would have died. Wow. His blood was starting to circulate backwards. I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. So we had to take them out. They weighed two pounds a piece. So every time I tell the story, it just gives me agitated, man. This, the, the accelerator was a two-hour drive each way, um, back and forth to the NICU, waking up at 2 a.m. every morning um, because I couldn't sleep. Uh, you know, I cried every day. Um, I had a really talented developer on my team, but he had his personal demons. So he was really unreliable, but he was brilliant. God, he was so smart, really talented. But anyway, so we got, you know, I got, got to the accelerator right before I was going on stage for demo day. I got a call from this angel that we pitched and because we were raising $250,000 at the time, which really in retrospect was not nearly enough money. But I got a call and he said, hey, we're going to fill you around. I don't know. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't take anything for granted. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> we're going to give you $250,000. And man, I just like dropped to my knees. I thank God. And I cried because I had sacrificed so much to get to that point. You know, thankfully, my, my daughter came home after six weeks. And my son came home after 10 weeks. You know, the kids are doing fine. Now, you drive me crazy, but they're beautiful. <laughs> How old are they now? They're just turned nine in January. Mm -hmm. So after I launched uh, We Montage and I 
hired a, just a, a really remarkable technical co-founder and just a great guy. We still have a wonderful relationship. Uh, we got in there. And when I started that, I was like, well, let me start. I'm going to start a blog. I started a blog. And I was like, one of these days, I'm going to use the content from this blog to write a book. Before you move on, I just want to ask. So in those early days, you had just gotten into the accelerator. You had this thing you needed to deal with with your family and delivering the twins. And did you ever consider dropping out of the accelerator at that point? Well, I wasn't, I wasn't going to go. Mm-hmm. But I knew with that decision, we montage never would have come to life because I just didn't have the resources to make it happen. But, you know, as a family, we decided that I need to go do that and crush that. Mm-hmm. And so I made that choice. We raised money. Um, you know, retrospect, we raised just enough money to fail because, look, the software was cute. We were running around pitching angels. It's cute to show. Look, look what we can do. Look what we can do. But when we turned the thing on, it was so unsustainable. Not it was just it was a black box. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was on the phone literally with customers holding their hand to get them to place an order, and that was clearly unsustainable. So we made the decision that we need to fix this thing. We need to pull it apart, make it modular, stabilize it, the code, build on it. And by the time we got done with that, you know, we only had a couple of months cash left. And I remember. <laughs> Man, this is, is if anybody's never told you this to your face, I promise you it's a it's a hard thing to hear. They were like, We're not gonna throw good money after bad. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Well, damn. I'm like, thanks. We have our first today show appearance coming up here next month. So thank you for that. Thanks. <laughs> Man. So you actually did go on the Today Show. Yeah, we got featured three times on the Today Show. I mean, on my own without a publisher, it's like a Today Show three times, Good Morning America, Money Magazine, DIY, Martha Stewart, on and on. I'm curious what, after making an appearance like that, do your sales go up? They do. They did mm-hmm. with the Today Show. So it was funny. Like that first appearance, they didn't even put the graphic on the bottom with the name of the business. When Mario mentioned it, he said, wemontage.com. Man, our freaking website went crazy. It crashed. <laughs> it crashed the website, man. We had to... Mm. Uh, but we were kind of ready, prepared for it to crash. We had like a little splash screen up and, you know, with information. We got it back up in like, I don't know, it was less than an hour. But I spent literally all day getting back to those people. We gave them a coupon code. And we did about $15,000 that month from that one segment, which is great. That was our best month to date. I mean, all total, I've probably done like $75,000, $80,000 in sales mm-hmm. from the three, three times we appeared on the Today Show. That's great. I, we've had clients or, or I've known people who have done appearances like that. And it seems a little bit hit or miss. Sometimes it totally. won't even result in a blip, uh, it right. seems. And other times it's huge. And uh, I'm not no, sure right. what the trend is, when it matters and when it doesn't. This is the point. Like, we all love these vanity things. Mm-hmm. Oh, we want to get exposure, exposure. You know, I, so I have a really great relationship with Seth Godin. And he's a big supporter of the work I'm doing at Panpreneur Foundation. He gives a scholarship to his marketing seminar. And he comes to visit with us sometime. And one time, last time, he talked about, he said, stop trying to do things to get attention. Mm-hmm. Spend your time getting your customers to tell 10 of their friends about your business. And that's a whole fact. You know, we love the vanity, but at the end of the day, PR is not necessarily equal cash flow. Like I had some hits. I got in Good Morning America. That was not nearly as good as the Today Show, but that was by virtue of the last minute change that they made in terms of how they were producing the segment. It just, you know, they had, when they introduced my product, they had the camera on somebody else's product, had people calling me about somebody else's stuff, which is like, are mm. you serious? Yeah, but what are, what are you going to do? You can't control yeah. that, right? So yeah, I mean, those things are good. I would say that having that stuff on the landing page is 
It's good for credibility. People feel more comfortable, right? Especially if they can see it. So that stuff matters to a point, but I wouldn't be spending a lot of time. I certainly would not be wasting a penny on a PR professional if I was a founder. Mm -hmm. I just wouldn't do it. Like all that stuff I rattled off, I did on my own. Awesome. So you started to build a blog. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the intention of that was to use that content to write a book to inspire parentpreneurs around the world because it's hard being a parent and entrepreneur, especially if you're like early stage scrapping to get some revenue. I mean, you can't even talk about product market fit yet. Like, can we make some money? <laughs> can we make a buck? <laughs> so, well, so, you know, I've done a few things in my life. Writing books is one of them. And I can't say that it's easy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how you found it. I was doing it with a traditional publisher the first few times around. And it was pretty difficult. How, how did you find it? So I self-published that book. And because of the way I approached it, I had a bunch of content on my blog. You know, it's funny. I was actually out of town. I was in Midland, Texas. I got flown out there. CNC. I was on CNBC's version of Shark Tank. The West Texas Investors Club. Horrible experience, by the way. I swear, if I ever go on another one of those shows, <laughs> I'm going to bring the drama. <laughs> do, if, a piece of advice for any of you guys listening. If you go on Shark Tank, any of those shows, do not leave it up to the creative people to tell a story ah, yeah. about you. Mm -hmm. Right? You give – this is just me. I'm a little crazy. You crazy like a fox, but you give them the story. So if I this, this is me and you talking, right? Right, just the two of us, right? So if I go on Shark Tank or something like that, I'm not taking those people's money. You know, they're gonna be like, oh, well, you're just here clearly for the exposure. I'm like, well, so are you. Yeah. Right? You're doing it too. Like, why should why should I give you 20% equity in my company for two hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is? Right? How much time are you actually going to spend? helping me build my company. And by the way, the people who came before you from an investment standpoint already took a ton of risk off the table. So why should you get that money? And how many companies are in your portfolio? 50? So, okay. So are you really going to be helping me or nah? Nah? Right. Nah, I'm good. That'll definitely air. That'll, th that the will producers air, right? will love that drama. See what I'm saying? And the people watching will be like, hell yeah, you tell me. <laughs> Google that right quick. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but that's just me. But I, I have no intention of going back on any of those shows again. Because at the end of the day, you know, it was a bad experience for me. I only got about $6,000 in sales, but that's because nobody was watching that show. It's canceled. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if you have a customer acquisition problem, which is what we had when we montaged, those things don't solve your problems. They just don't. Not necessarily. They I mean, could. You could get lucky, mm -hmm. right? But it's probably not going to solve your problem. So I'm curious. So you 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 wrote the book, and and that is you know you focused on the concept of parentpreneurs, black parentpreneurs specifically. No, actually, no. Oh. So the book was just for everybody's a parentpreneur. So the book's called "The More You Hustle, The Luckier You Get." You can be a successful parentpreneur. Uh, so Mario Armstrong, who's my guy from the Today Show, wrote the forward to my book. We're really good friends, and it's on Amazon. It, some people have regarded it as the realest book about entrepreneurship they've ever read. It's unlike anything you ever read. It's just the, the my, it's the story of my journey. Mm -hmm. with some of those things I just told you in like the up and down, the back and forth, it will make you laugh, make you cry, make you wonder. You'll put it down, come back to it. It's some hard questions I ask myself and people reading the book. It's a super fast read too. Awesome. At what point did you decide to focus on empowering Black 
parentpreneurs? Yeah, so that's a great question. So after I wrote the book, I had this idea. I said, you know, one day I'm going to sell We Montage. <laughs> and maybe it will happen. I don't know. God can intervene. Something can happen. Who knows? <laughs> it's just not likely at this point. And that's okay. But I was like, I'm going to sell this business. And I'm going to take a million dollars of my own money and start a foundation for parents who are entrepreneurs because it's really freaking hard. It's so hard. Like, unless you've been there, like, you have no idea how hard that is. It's really hard. So then in early 2020, like, the whole world falls apart with George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor. I had my own Karen experience here in my backyard. I live in a really nice neighborhood in suburbs of Atlanta. And I had to call the police on her. After the second experience, filed a trespass warrant. Then I started looking at all the Fed Reserve wealth inequality data. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know, I'm starting this foundation for Black parentpreneurs because we need to help the most. We have got to try to close this wealth inequality gap. It's a big problem. I'm doing that. So now to answer your question, prior to that decision, uh, so when I was going through Generator, I met David Cohn and Brad Fell. They just popped up on a Google Meet to meet us. And these are the guys, co-founders of Techstars, which is, you know, one of the preeminent global startup accelerators. And I just stayed in touch with them through their blogs. I didn't want anything from them. I mean, I remember I got an email from Brad uh, a couple of years back. He's a voracious reader. He's a prolific writer. He sent me an email out the blue. He said, I just read your book. I effing loved it. <laughs> he said, I'm going to feature it on my blog. I was like, wow, okay, dope. Right? So he did that. And we sold some books, which is great. But so I reached out to Brad and David. I was like, hey, guys, I'm thinking about starting this foundation for parentpreneurs in general. And they were like, yeah, I'm game to go back and forth with you about it, and which is amazing at that level. Those guys would be willing to do that. I appreciated that. And they were both like, eh, eh, foundations are hard. It's a constant fundraising grind, blah, blah, blah. And look, they're not wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not wrong. But see, here's the thing, though. Like For me, telling me something is hard, it doesn't land with me. Because I've had to scrap and scrape for every single blade of grass on the field of life. And quite frankly, it's hard being black sometimes. I had a dollar every time somebody told me that we montage would have been successful if I had a white face out there instead of me type thing. It was very frustrating. So then I got an email from Brad Feld out the blue after George Floyd with just a subject that said, hey, game for a 30-minute Zoom. There was nothing in the body of the email. And I was like, yeah, like who doesn't want to talk to Brad? He's... He's top of the food chain. You know, he's not just a VC and co-founder of Techstars with the portfolio valuation north of $200 billion. He's also a limited partner. LPs are the people who write the checks to the VCs who write the checks to people like me and you guys listening who are entrepreneurs. So I'm like, hell yeah, I want to talk to you for 30 minutes, Brad Fell. Like, who does it? I just didn't know, you know, what it was about. So he said, I just want to know. What two things you're working on addressing racial injustice and inequality I can put my time, money, or attention on? I'm like, oh, hell yeah, Chad, Chad. I'm like, oh, he has no idea what I just decided. So we get on the Zoom, and I say, you know, Brad, you remember that foundation thing I was telling you about? He's like, yeah. I said, well, now that's just for Black parentpreneurs. He goes, I'm so glad you did that. Mm. And this is the part that knocks me out of my chair every time I say it. He goes, what would a 12-month operating plan look like why don't you throw it up in a Google Doc and I'll co-create it with you? <laughs> That's great. I mean, it is unfortunate that George Floyd being murdered and yeah. the others, these other things have instigated people to want yeah. to make change and to get involved in ways that they haven't yeah. been able to before. That's super yeah. unfortunate. But you know, something's got to wake people up. And- 
Yeah, well, that woke him up because he was like, look, you know, I'm this rich middle-aged white dude. I've been doing things to support black entrepreneurs in the past, but he's like, I got to do more. So I'm reaching out to my friends and I consider you a friend. I was like, wow, like I knew you like me a little bit, but I know you like me like that. <laughs> but, but like, he is a friend. Like I have his phone. I'm like, call him. Like, he's a friend. Like him, David, these guys are friends. So so I got the 12-month operating plan right back to him. He said, this is great. What would a six-month plan look like? Got it right back. And he's like, assume three things, one of which... Is a $50,000 C grant for my foundation to start the Panpreneur Foundation. So, you know, Brad's in, is in now, I don't know, north of $125,000. He got us into the Techstars Foundation, which has been phenomenal. My relationship with David has blossomed. I went on the Techstars Give First podcast with David. And I mean, David's a friend as well. Like, I just love those guys and how they move. And they've been super helpful. And so our foundation... You know, at the heart of what we do, you mentioned this at the top, is we have a community of now almost 1,800 Black panpreneurs uh, hosted on Mighty Networks, which is phenomenal because it's not on Facebook. That's the thing I love the most about it. (laughs) I do. uh, I actually have some questions about Mighty Networks on my list, so we don't need to take a tangent Uh, in in there right now. We can come back to it. But I want to ask you about Mighty Networks. and Love it. Love it. Love Gina Bianchini. She's a CEO. I actually had her on my LinkedIn live show a couple months ago. Well, let's let's do it now then, actually. So as someone who has built software before mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. put together a company and to make it, mm-hmm. like, did you ever consider that for this? And why not? And why use Mighty Networks? To build a community platform? <laughs> it's a very loaded question, James. I'm just... <laughs> what? Yeah, why would I do that? Listen, by the time I got done with my prototype of that, these guys would be like two versions past where they are today, which would be infinitely better than my little stinky MVP, right? Yeah. I know these people live, eat, and breathe community. Is my network's perfect? No, of course not. What is? But they're constantly making improvements. I think I told you the top. I'm actually about to launch a new podcast. I just signed, signed a national podcast distribution deal. So we're launching a podcast on the HubSpot podcast network. You guys have heard of HubSpot, right? I have, yes. Right. So... It's for parentpreneurs in general, kind of like my book, uh, to power parentpreneurs to be the best parent and entrepreneur they can possibly be. Like, Because being a parent and entrepreneur is hard. And uh, I, we came upon this opportunity. I saw an article, maybe LinkedIn, I don't remember, and talking about HubSpot launched a new podcast network last year. And you know, I told you I got all those PR opportunities. And I got that because I'm not shy about shooting my shot. You know, a lot of people are... Too scared to shoot their shot, or they don't know what to do, how to do it. But you know, cold emails. That's I'm, I'm really good at sending cold emails. Um, so I sent a cold email to the CMO of HubSpot. He was mentioning the article. I went on LinkedIn. I scraped his email address using my favorite email scraping tool, GetEmail.io. It works on LinkedIn. You get their email address. I sent him an awesome email. Of course, he didn't follow up right away. Well, not of course. Sometimes they do. He didn't follow up right away. I sent a follow-up email. And when I send follow-up emails, I like to give some kind of update. So in my follow-up email, it wasn't just like, hey, did you get my email? Please respond. It wasn't that. It was like Mm -hmm. some other update. I can't remember what it was, but it was an update following up about my email. He got back, copied somebody on the team. They got back, copied somebody else. They were like, do you have a clip or an excerpt of an an interview? Just so we did because we knew we needed to get ready. So we did an interview with... um, Neil Salas Griffin, who's the Tech Star Chicago managing director, 
And so we sent them an excerpt. They were like, this is great. Do you have a whole episode? So we edited that thing down like right there that day. This is Friday. Sent it to them. They were like, thanks for sending. We'll get back to you by Monday with the decision because, by the way, we have this new program, this Emerging Podcast Voices program. There will be six to eight podcasts in this program. And we'll listen to this and consider it. So they got back to a Sunday night at 11 o'clock. This, this, is, this is amazing. You guys are pros. I'm like, mm, that's not me. That's really Mario. I'm not a pro. <laughs> I'm doing it all. But thanks, Mario. And you guys are stars. You can't teach stars. But I'm like, hey, all right. I've never done a podcast. But hey, glad somebody other than my mama liked me, right? This is awesome. And they were like, we wanted to invite you to be one of the companies in this new cohort. When a new podcast and bro, like just to swoop in at the last minute like that, all because I shot my shot. So if anybody's out there listening, like don't be afraid to shoot your shot, man. Just it's a mindset, like you gotta know what to do, how to move, but you gotta first have the mindset, like, yo, I am going to shoot my shot. I think as long as you you know, I and you you already said this, but just to like you're making it real, like when you're following up, you're not just saying, Hey, did you get my email? Right? Like you're yeah. doing it with another finding ways to make it real and authentic yeah. <laughs> you got to show that you're real and not some bot yeah so i will say in terms of the cold emails i mean i send them all the time you know i mean the cold email is how i ended up collaborating with nasdaq entrepreneurial center like we're big partners with them we're part of this grant project with them with this major wall street found wall street bank foundation they're about to be announcing this here any day now we got a grant tackling the problem of black and brown founders, underestimated founders not getting access to early stage venture and angel funding. So we're part of that for my foundation, all because I sent a cold email to some guy at NASDAQ. I don't even remember who he was, a Western president, sent him an email. He copied the executive director from NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center. The rest is history. My last round of grants, they co-sponsored the last round of grants. They put in some money. Great relationship with NASDAQ. I mean, they got 30 of my people from my community featured in the NASDAQ tower in Times Square. Let that sink in, right? All because of a cold email. So yeah. if you're going to send a cold email, it's a couple of tips off the top of my head. Um, you need to have a compelling subject line. Keep the emojis to a minimum. <laughs> you know, If you can use the person's name in the subject, I think that increases your open rate by like 20%. The email has got to be right to the point. Hey, my name is James Oliver from the CEO of the Parentpreneur Foundation. Put a link to the Parentpreneur Foundation in that instance, right? You know, we got... Uh, funded from by Brad Feld, co-founder Techstars. I put a link to Brad Feld's article, like establish credibility right away mm -hmm. and get to the friggin' point. Like, what do you want? <laughs> right? Make an ask. What do you want? Get right to it. That's it. And then when you don't hear back and, and, you, and you should follow up. Oh, yeah. You absolutely got to follow up. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'll follow up couple times. I know Mario's like, I just keep following up until they tell me to stop. <laughs> <laughs> He's gangster like that. I was like, eh. you know, I'll follow up like three or four times. But after that, I know when people are pestering me, you know, at that point, like you're pestering, like I'm not interested. If I were interested, I would have responded. So knock it off. Yeah. But I also respect the hustle when people are coming to me with something that's, you know, legit. And I will respond because I'm, I am them sometimes too. I'm like, hey, thanks for reaching out. I really appreciate it. I'm just not interested. Or I'm not interested now. I'll ping me back in six months. Yeah. I mean, as someone who gets cold emails. I do the same thing when it's a legitimate per like it's, and you can tell, you can tell the ones where they're just blanket sending a bunch of the same thing to a bunch of people. Yeah. And you can tell when it's someone legitimately right. sending you 
a right. cold email. Right, because if you mention something about that, what they do specifically and how that's relevant to your email and your ask, mm-hmm. that increases your chances of getting a response. Hell, I sent a cold email to Mark Cuban, bro. Awesome. Yeah, and I, he said yes. I interviewed him on my blog. I don't write on my blog anymore. But he got right back to me. I interviewed him mm-hmm. on my blog. He was great. Yeah, so I don't know if everyone does this, but if I, if I, even if, like you said, even if, I, it's not a fit for me or I can't do it right now or whatever. If it's a legitimate thing, I will almost always actually respond to it eventually. I wanted to tell you all about something I've been working on quietly for the past year or so, and that's Agency U. Agency U is a membership-based program where I work one-on-one with a small group of agency founders and leaders toward their business goals. We do one-on-one coaching sessions and also monthly group meetings. We start with goal setting, advice, and problem solving based on my experiences over the last 18 years of running ThoughtBot. As we progress as a group, we all get to know each other more, and many of the agency you members are now working on client projects together and even referring work to each other. Whether you're struggling to grow an agency, taking it to the next level and having growing pains, or a solo founder who just needs someone to talk to, in my 18 years of leading and growing ThoughtBot, I've seen and learned from a lot of different situations, and I'd be happy to work with you. Learn more and sign up today at ThoughtBot.com slash agency U. That's A-G-E-N-C-Y, the letter U. So if if I may, I just want to talk a little bit about the impact in the Parentpreneur Foundation. Yes. Because, you know, we had 1,800 people now this current round of grants makes $95,000 in the last 19 months since we launched. We do micro grants of $1,000 a piece. You know, I, I think I just tweeted this morning that it just, it just seems like people look down their nose at a $1,000 grant. And I'm like, clearly, these people are not or never have been or super hustling mm-hmm. <laughs> early stage mm-hmm. entrepreneur, right? And definitely not one of those with kids. Uh, so $95,000, you know, again, keep in mind, like, I don't know anything about a foundation, a nonprofit. I've never done it before. I've never started a community, but I don't care. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In this instance, there's tremendous founder market fit because I am them. And that shines through brilliantly in all the things that we do. And the thing that I'm most thankful for that we've done in the community is we've paid for 320 mental therapy sessions for our community members. And that's important because you know, historically, mental health is, is stigmatized in the black community. And, you know, there's this belief of epigenetics, which is basically like, you know, you can pass trauma down through your DNA to your uh, mm-hmm. descendants. And, you know, if that's true, like, you know, black folks got a lot of trauma and we need to get it worked out. And when we do it in our community, people jump right on it. So I'm so proud of those guys that they take it very seriously. And that's really legacy and that's impact because, you know, we're creating a legacy of mental wealth for the people in our community that influences how they show up for themselves, for their businesses, for their partners and spouse, for their children, all of which impacts how their children show up in the world. So it's it matters a lot. I think the 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 therapy sessions are a great example of when you have an authentic, unique community, something is going to come out of that, which is so specific to that community. Like, w- like the impact of that is huge, but also like, where did that idea come? Like, where who was that? You is saying, "Hey, this is a need. We have to do this." Yes. Did it come from the community yes. itself? Where no. did, 
See, this is what I'm talking about, the founder market fit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know all the things that my people need, which is why a lot of times I ask them, what do you want? What do you need? But a lot of things I already know they need before they even need them because I've been where a lot of those guys are and some of them ain't been there yet. Like, I already know what you're going to be looking at in six months, bro. Like, you need to pay attention a little bit. Um, so, no, right from the beginning, we use BetterHelp.com. Uh, we created a BetterHelp account, and it's it's so easy. Um, I just, you know, we use Typeform. Typeform is mm-hmm. another partner of ours. They've given us lots of free codes and video ask is a new type form company we use that for our application process which is just it's just brilliant i keep getting compliments about how amazingly seamless and elegant our application process is for the grants using video ask but we use type form and first come first serve it fills up and then i just get the email addresses and i just drop them right into BetterHelp's account and they reach out to the people in the community and they get them set up so easy that's great like what happens in the community? How, how are, how are, is part of the value of the community just support from each other? Well, that's a big part of it, right? So, so that's a great question. So one of the things in the Seth Godin marketing seminar, he talks about tension and why it's important in, in marketing and how it drives change and drives people to action. And the assignment around tension, I couldn't, under, I didn't, couldn't think of like what the tension was for the Pampreneur Foundation, but when he came to meet with us and we were talking about it, he said, you know, if I'm on an airplane and, they, and we're sky jumping and they're like, well, let's jump out of this perfectly good airplane. The tension for him is, what if the parachute doesn't open? Mm-hmm. You know, and Aaron's just like, well, don't worry, we have a backup shoe for you. Oh, okay. Bonsai, right? Let's go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for the Parapreneur Foundation, tension is like, what if we fail on this rocky road? You know, what if we fail on our journey to leave a legacy for our beautiful black children? You say, it doesn't matter because we have each other's backs on this rocky road, right? So I'm like, yes, that's exactly right. We have each other's backs. And I'm telling you, man, I see it. A lot of stuff is taking place. I have no idea, but I hear about it from time to time, just organically. People are collaborating. People are, it's just amazing, man. It's just, it's just great. So yeah, you know, it's lonely being an entrepreneur, you know, a lot of different challenges, unique challenges of being a black entrepreneur. And it's just great to have a safe space. For that, we do a lot of different things. We paid for virtual assistance. We paid for when kids were being virtual schooled. We paid for some virtual tutors for some of the children. Social capital is another thing that I talk about a lot. We pay for people to improve their LinkedIn profiles and understand how to move properly on LinkedIn and build and increase their social capital, which to me is as problematic as a dearth of financial capital because you know without social capital, you can't even imagine what's possible. And it was Albert Einstein who said that imagination is more important than knowledge. And it's just so true. So we're doing all the things. So do you have a sense of what the split is between moms and dads on the in the community? Yeah, just off the top of my head, I think it's around 75, 25 moms and dads. And mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting, like women like to build community, men, we don't. You know, just, we're like the king of the jungle. We're out there by ourselves, right? Mm. <laughs> we don't want to build community, but men, women love to build community and they hold down, hold down our community in a big way. And I'm just so thankful for them. So you, you started, you know, in 2020, one thing that I've seen, and I, I don't know if you see, like, I think it makes your timing good is that a lot of people either were, had change forced on them because of the pandemic and they lost their jobs or they felt like, they needed to make a change. And a lot of people faced with that decided to do something on their own and make something happen. So there has been 
a surge in entrepreneurship from my, and another thing that there's been a surge in is people going to coding boot camps, mm-hmm. feeling like, yeah, I lost my job or I no longer want to do this job that I can no longer do remotely. Mm-hmm. I want to make a change in my life and learn to code. Mm-hmm. Does that resonate with you as, as something you've seen in terms of people who have never been entrepreneurs before who were had it forced on them or making a conscious choice to do it, joining the community? Well, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, to a certain extent that when at the beginning of COVID, when everybody was freaking out, because I understand that is within every crisis exists an opportunity, mm-hmm. I was looking for the opportunity. I was like, all right, God, like, where's the opportunity here? I was asking the questions. And then I had a chance coffee meeting with some acquaintances and told them my intention of starting a foundation one of these days. And they were like, well, what are you waiting for? Why don't you do it now? And I thought that was like the answer to my question. I was like, oh, damn, like, yeah, what am I waiting for? Let's do it now. So yeah, I mean, a lot of people are moving towards entrepreneurship. I think you get a quick Google search will bear that out. I don't know to what extent, but I know it's a lot. Like the application for new businesses are are increasing over the last two years. So yeah, I get it. People kind of hate their corporate jobs. They hate hate going to the office. Like I get it. My goal in life is to never have to wear a suit and tie. (laughs) (laughs) Even when you go on the on Good Morning America. I might wear a suit, but I'm not wearing a tie. Knock it off. (laughs) Well, I'm sure everything you mentioned that you've been fundraising, all this stuff costs money. Yeah. Does the majority of your funding come from bigger donors? I know that you have a link to donate and I encourage people to do that. But how much time do you you have to spend fundraising? What is the donor mix (sighs) and how can people help? It's just weird. Like, you know, we get in our own heads, you know, it's like, I used to say, man, I kind of suck at fundraising, but I don't. I mean, we, we raised like almost $300,000 since I started this thing with no experience. Mm-hmm. I, that's not somebody who sucks at fundraising, right? Yeah. But, you know, in my mind, we should have a million dollars in the bank. So we can, I can hire executive, an executive director and we could, you know, ramp up the programs that we know work and scale this thing up and do some other things. I have some other things I want to do. I want to do like a, a startup studio. Like I'm, I'm trying to partner with Techstars right now. Techstars, if you're listening, well, they don't have to be already. I'm already talking to the right people. I want to do a pre-accelerator program with them for Black Panpreneurs and put you know, like $20,000 in people's pockets. Like That's going to cost money. We need a sponsor for that. But to answer your question, like yeah, simply you can visit parentpreneurfoundation.org, click donate. And, you know, look, $25 a month, it all helps. It all adds up. And we have, you know, things that we have to do to keep the platforms going and tools and resources that we use to keep it all going. Um, you know, the big chunks have come from people like Brad Fell, the David Cohen, and, you know, Fred Wilson even donated $10,000 one time. So, but yeah, we need, we need more. I'm just, yeah, I'm just biding my time. I'm like, the work we're doing, it matters so much. It's making a big impact. We are literally helping people raise money and get their businesses off the ground. Like, one woman who just went through the Techstars Founder Catalyst program with JP Morgan Chase here in Atlanta. She went because I introduced them on my show and she got in and she just raised two hundred fifty thousand dollars. And, you know, and then she just told me she got a f- commitment for another half million dollars. And, you know, this other woman, she got a two hundred fifty thousand dollar grant from Wells Fargo because of our relationship with NASDAQ. And another guy got a, just got a term sheet for half a million dollars because of introductions we're making. So we're literally out here building capacity for the members of our community in so many ways. And I'm just I'm thankful, I'm honored, I'm humbled to be in this position to do this work. Um, but this is purpose work for me. This is my purpose, and I'm, I'm thankful to have found it. It's like Mark Twain says, the two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you figure out why. I encourage people to go figure out why. 
And if you are a black parentpreneur, hearing what we're talking about and saying, yeah, and now I know about this, this is for me, you also go to parentpreneurfoundation.org and sign up there. Yes, sir. Click the join community button. Absolutely. Well, James, thanks for stopping by and and sharing with me and uh, all the listeners. I really appreciate it. And I wish you and everything that you're doing all the best. Yes. Uh, hey, Chad, thanks for reaching out, man. Look at you. you you're on your hustle. It, was, it, it wasn't you that reached out for, to me on LinkedIn. It was somebody else, it? Wasn't was, it was, yeah. Another member of my team. How'd you, how'd you find me, man? I think she's very good at LinkedIn and you're good at LinkedIn. <laughs> and so, that's... Uh... <laughs> well, I got a big message. <laughs> showing the receipts, man. And showing the impact because that's what you got to do. Is there uh, other places where if folks want to get in touch with you or follow along with you, where are the other places they can do that? Yeah, they can do that on IG, right? With Parentpreneur Foundation on IG. I'm not super active there, but we're, you know, we're there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I talk a lot on Twitter. I don't think anybody's listening, but I talk a lot on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that thing doesn't come on until you actually get one of those blue check mark thingies, I swear. Because, uh, like, I'll say something I think is really profound and it's crickets. And I see somebody with a blue check mark say the exact same thing. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, I see how it is. But what else? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm on Twitter at James Oliver Jr. James Oliver Jr. Follow me on Twitter. That'd be awesome. Shoot me a tweet. Tell me, you know, you heard about us, heard about me on, on the, the Giant Robot Show here. Uh, we'd love to connect, engage, and, and build and learn with uh, your audience. So thanks. Awesome. And for all of you listeners, you can subscribe to the show and find notes for this episode along with an entire transcript of the episode at giantrobots.fm. If you have questions or comments, for me, email me at hosts at giantrobots.fm. And you can find me on Twitter at cpytel. This podcast is brought to you by ThoughtBot and produced and edited by Mandy Moore. Thanks for listening and see you next time. This podcast was brought to you by ThoughtBot. ThoughtBot is your expert design and development partner. Let's make your product and team a success.